0: Hello, welcome to Boss Women, a podcast about women, comedy, and business. My name's Katie and this is my mum. Mama said there'll be days like this, there'll be days like this, Mama said, Mama said, Mama said, mama said, mama said. Mama said there'll be days like this, there'll be days like this, my mama said. Mama, said, mama said. Hi Mum, how are you?
1: Oh, I'm um fed up being in this lockdown <laughs> situation. I'm locked yeah, I in my bloody kitchen. But somebody's but, here to cheer us up aren't they? I know we're having our second interview of series three. Um, it is very exciting. We always like doing interviews don't we Katie? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I will would you like me to introduce? I would like you to introduce yes please. Okay this episode we have um, a very successful businesswoman, Lara Bross, who created Bross Bagels. She's got five shops across Edinburgh, and last friend, she had a pop-up um, Bross Bagels at the of Balloon, which was fantastic. She is known by her alter ego as Mama Bross, and her <laughs> signature tagline is, fill your hole. Welcome, Lara Bros.
0: Welcome, Thank Lara. You. Or Hi.
1: Lara Mama Bros, as you're known.
0: I did, uh, I did. force Karen to say your signature tagline.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh yes. sure. it. I do I'm just. Glad like I'm getting introduced show. here. Like this is the moment I've been waiting for, Karen, <laughs> bringing me on the stage. So like, here we
1: go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes, we'll go into that much later in this um, this uh, lovely podcast. Now what we'd like to hear right from the beginning is, can you talk about your childhood and how you grew up and where you were, you're from Canada, were you brought up in Canada?
2: Yes, I was brought up in Montreal, Canada, uh, the place, a little suburb area called Cote St. Luke, but also called Cote St. Jew, um, <laughs> so it was a very uh, very Jew-hood, um, I was Do Jewish speak upbringing. Do Do I speak what? French. Yes, oui, je parle en français, on peut parler en français maintenant, euh, Oh, so you <laughs> were brought up bilingual. Yes, yeah, so I went to a, a, a bilingual school but it's French immersion. So it was, everything was in French up until grade nine, when you get to decide if you want to continue in French or English. Um, so yeah, I could speak, everything was in French, which is great. So when I think about geography, I normally think about it in French. Yeah, because I didn't really do that after grade nine anyways. Yeah. Uh, so, so, yeah, but my mom had to learn French at the same time I did because that's when the bill came in. So Bill 101 uh, forced everybody to speak in French. If you worked in Quebec, you had to speak in French, but mm-hmm. she didn't speak French, so she had to go and learn French in order to keep her job. Oh and that, that would have been difficult for her, for heaven's sake. It would have been, yes. Um, uh, but I helped her along. Uh, yeah Yeah, did you learn it from you basically yeah pretty much (laughs) just like stealing my books every time I came home (laughs) um uh but yeah so we I grew up there and it was a really you know a nice uh sort of set I was born in 77 so it was like a 70s 80s kid uh you know I did kind of a MC Hammer was my first concert. Um, <laughs> um, I, I was always performing, like from when I was a kid, I like, got all the neighbors to buy tickets to my show and turned my bunk beds into stage and then opened up the curtains and counted to make sure that everyone was there and, you know, and then kept doing it every day. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> um, and what kind uh, of shows were they? What's that? What kind of shows were they? Oh, burlesque, mainly, <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it was uh, all the different characters. I had many different costumes and hats and things like that, hmm. sometimes puppets. Uh, but it was yeah. always only me, and I would be at the door as well, so I'd make sure they had their tickets, and then I'd go back <laughs> behind the curtains of the stage, and then I'd do it wow. by my mum. yeah. So,
1: tickets, did you charge them? Yeah, yeah of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you were quite a rich uh, little kid, were you?
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was a little rich kid, um, <laughs> um, and uh, yeah. So I, I knew I wanted—that's what I wanted to do. And I was—I uh, went to kind of theater, you know, after-school theater stuff. My—I um, I tried to do ballet. And I was, you could see uh, there's a picture of me. It's really funny. There's a picture of like this whole ballet class where like everybody is just like doing like the ballet move on the bar. And there's like me that's like, Pudgier than everyone else just sticking out of my little leotard and like looking at the camera and waving um, everyone, else is, everyone else is so focused I'm like, oh. yeah. Uh, yeah. my mom's like i don't think you should do ballet anymore i'm like why not like, i don't got, think it's your thing yeah. have you got
1: video footage of you as a kid
2: yes uh some pretty embarrassing video footage yeah. Um, yeah.
1: do you like um, back at it
2: yeah i mean i, mean, I haven't in a while I, when I used to go home, because I haven't lived at home since I was twenty. And when I used to go home, I used to take out the VHS tapes and and, and pop them in and see like um, me in my in my plays and valedictorian of uh, of elementary school and um, just public public speaking. I did a lot of public speaking. I used I was like sent away to. Uh, I once I won um, a national uh, public speaking competition. Um, mm-hmm. My speech was on bubblegum. <laughs> wow. Oh my God. And runner-up was on racism. Whoa. Okay. How old were you? Uh, 12. Whoa. Wow. Yeah, and bubblegum. And I was like, I was sitting, I remember being at the National Championship and I was sitting with my mom mm-hmm. and the, it was at the end and the judges always come up to obviously introduce the 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 award. And the guy that was, the one of the judges that was introducing it, like, it was like, pretending to be chewing a piece of gum I'm like what is he doing and he was like the whole time he was introducing like the third place second place and he's like "And then first place I was like oh my god I just killed it with a bubble yeah. gum
0: <laughs> so um, would you say that you're an ambitious kid
2: yeah um I, I've never <laughs> an outrageous kid had- <laughs> I, I was a different I mean, I started off being like a great kid and I was like really into school and really into doing everything, really into pleasing my mom. It started off really well for everyone in my family because all my energy was focused in on, you know, doing all the right things and pleasing my mom and doing really well in school and trying to be the best at all these, you know, things. But then as soon as I got, um, as soon as I got a little taste for the, the rebellion hood, then I, um, <laughs> then everything started to go like the wrong way. And I was, as, as much as energy I put into being like a really good kid, I put in double the amount for being a terrible kid. And like, I denied everything. And I was so adamant that I was like, so convincing. My mom was like, like am I actually going crazy here? Like, I know you've done this. I've just watched you do this. And I'm like, no, I didn't. No, we didn't. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, my God. So what was your relationship like with your mom in particular?
2: I mean, so my dad passed away when I was two um and um and i i am the only one so my i have an older sister um but i look exactly like my dad um and i have the exact same character as my dad had so and i didn't know my dad but i just heard from everybody else how much exactly i'm like, like my dad so my mom had a very hard time saying no to me um and i was like as soon as i was like the favored spoiled um child and mm-hmm. um, but i took advantage of that and um (laughs) yeah I bet you did (laughs) (laughs) um but I I you know we had we are very I think like I I always had a really good relationship with my mom but there is that period where I was you know a naughty naughty girl that um that I you know I did some pretty bad things but I we, I'm we
1: I'm assuming that this is your teenage years
2: yeah. I mean, it started quite early. Yeah. So it's exactly it as my teenagers, but it kind of carried on to a little, <laughs> you know, a little bit further than, than it should have. Yeah. I, I got kicked off of a whole lot of things and, um, but it was never my fault. And <laughs> I was very convincing. How do, you, how do you look back on that time?
1: Because Katie's, Katie's interesting how she looks back on her teenagehood that she was a pain in the butt. And mm-hmm. she will admit that now, yeah. but that was as a spoiler, that, and it's that's great. But how do you look back on it?
2: Oh yeah, like I mean, I fully admit that I was awful. Like my mom just, she blesses. She's like, I hope you have two of you. She'll <laughs> like, she's you know, all her gray hairs, everything is like all because of me. And I, I, I know, I know what I did. I know it was terrible, and but I think it was you know, I I I had to go through that sort of thing and I had to go through that with my mom too. Like we both got to the stage where we just couldn't do any more. And I think mm-hmm. that, that changed, you know, our relationship. And I think it, it is this is we know we have a strong relationship because we've been through that. Like, you know, yeah. we have been through the, mm-hmm. the the toughest of times. And I think that's it's 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 an important part to to go through. I mean did I your, I don't did your mother remarry? She yes, yeah, so I, I have uh, a well yes, they did remarry. Um and my stepfather came into my life when I was six. Um and that was a very difficult time as well because I did everything to not um mm. sort of you know be as inviting um yes. as I should have been um so yeah I gave him a hard time and he is he's uh an Israeli guy so he took everything like he took ketchup away from me like I wasn't allowed to like like use electricity like the way that I wanted to use it like you know he's like wow. stop leaving a light on I was like oh. so, he's, like, yeah, it, was, it was a big like culture sort of shock to me and I was just mm-hmm. I was I, re- I rebelled against that as well um but uh so so yeah like I think you know we our, our relationship changed so many times but uh, we always like you know like once my mom went to go slap me in the face and she stopped right before it because she, she la- started laughing you know like <laughs> it's like this kind of thing where she just couldn't like we were we have a very strong bond and that's yeah. always been there underneath it even though i was a yeah. shed yeah
0: do you think you've learned anything from your mom has she passed down any
2: life lessons to you Yes, uh, definitely. Um, you know, never, uh, cut cocaine with baking powder. Um, <laughs> uh, no, she said uh, she has she like, taught me, first of all, taught me like all of the, the recipes and how to, you know, like, that I need to have in like a good Jewish family. Not that I have a good Jewish family right now, but I just like, you know, that's like quite important, but, you know, the importance of food. Um,
0: yeah
2: um And welcoming everybody in, and always, you know, setting the table for as many people as as that you can fit, um and using she a good cook. Then I am a very good cook. Yeah, but was she a good cook? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> obviously, she's obviously, a very good cook, Mama
1: I... Bross. You're a good cook, obviously. Know <laughs> <Yeah. You're> that. <laughs>
2: um, yeah, she she spent days in the kitchen, and I was always like, I was like, I needed when I moved away. I was like, oh, I really need, like, you know, I crave like that's why it's only my mom that can make it and um and it's it's the taste of home for me but yes a very good cook Um, and that was very important part of 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 me growing up and a lot of stuff that she taught me um she tried to get me to learn it a lot more than I wanted to initially Mm -hmm. I didn't really take an interest until a lot later but um but she she did she definitely did try um and uh you know like also yes she would always be like you know use your voice and and your and I think a lot of my confidence came from her because she never she, you know, didn't take anything from anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, like I remember like, you know those um um contracts you could get, like when you get those tapes audio like um cassettes when you could get like a membership and then you keep getting you know, and then yeah. they keep sending it to you. Yeah. And you're not like Every Columbia House. Ever. Columbia yeah. House. That's yes. awesome. And uh and they, and I always got the membership, even though I wasn't 18. And like, I cut, and I got like all these things that I like, kept getting the things. My mom's like, where are you getting this from? And I was like, I'm like, ah, oh, they're just sending it to me. And it was like <laughs> racked up like this crazy bill. It was like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars. And like, yeah. And my mom freaked out, but she like called and like, was like, you know, no, I want to speak to your manager. And got it. She got it. I got to keep all the cassettes and, and she didn't have to pay a cent. And I was like, yeah. wow, and like, you know, she always, she had just gone in, she made sure like she took care of business and yeah. um, What and kind I of business that. was she in? What did she do for a living? She worked for a newspaper. At first she was, uh, she worked for my uncle who was my dentist. Um, <laughs> so she was his assistant. Um, and then uh, she worked for a newspaper um, and she, uh, she worked in the advertising department of a newspaper. Cool. And is she still alive? She is. My mother's still alive, yes. And she's and, in Montreal still? So they are snowbirds. Uh, so they live half the year in Montreal and half the year in Florida. Oh,
0: very nice. Oh,
2: really? Um, really? So pretty much everyone, after you retire, it's kind of like the Portugal and the Spain here. Yeah. Um, so after you retire, you go. But it's like the same community. It's like these gated communities. So you're basically <laughs> they leave their house in the in, in Montreal, and they could leave their house in Florida. It's like the same people. But yeah. Instead of like going through, like you know, much older, like going, back, oh, let's go to the beach or let's go play yeah. job. It's like but it's the same people. So do yeah. you go, do you go and
1: stay with them in Florida now and again?
2: Yes, yeah. So we go. We, the kids love it. Obviously, it's like you know, you've got your pools and your tennis courts and your things and whatever. And of course, we're living in Scotland. You want to get some sunshine, so we go and yeah. visit them and uh, stay with them and and. Um, and meet all their uh, other retired pals. Uh, yes. oh. <laughs> <yeah. laughs> uh, but very much sort of set in their ways. It you know it kind of you get into this sort of uh, relaxation, retired North American way. It's just like okay, well, you know eight o'clock in the morning you wake up but we we don't want to wake up but we're all up and They're like, oh, what do we okay we're gonna go what do you want for lunch and we're like but said, I don't really want for lunch I'm packing for the beach what do you want The lamby or turkey like, I can't make the decision right now she's like are you going out tonight and I'm like I'm like yeah I don't know yet but she's like well when are you gonna know I have to take something out of the freezer for dinner and I'm like I <laughs> I know the kind of.
1: It reminds me of uh, my family in Australia, Katie. Yeah, it's exactly the same kind of um, the way that they live. So, what on earth brought you to Edinburgh? How did you go from living in Montreal to and arrive in Edinburgh? What did you do after your your bad old
0: years (laughs) or during your rebellious stage? Yes, Yes.
2: Uh, yeah, you want to know those stories. Um, Uh, you do I so think the other the other podcast um <laughs> uh so i went to theater school um in montreal and after i graduated from theater school i uh got i went to see an agency that was hiring for disney and um of course. Uh, i went in with a great big smile um and that's as much as i had like i no i'm not like a disney a disnoid like i'm like i didn't I mean, I liked a few Disney movies, but I, I didn't live it. Yeah. And um, but they loved my energy and my smile, and hired me like right there and then. So I went from Montreal to open up Disney Cruise Lines. Oh my uh, God! And, and I worked for them for two years. How was that? I can hear you scream, Deck Eleven. We're gonna be building something out of ice. What is it? Is it The Little Mermaid? I don't know. Come on, I'm hearing you. It's like. Endless. I did I did um, I used to host like the, the programs right for the families, and yeah. um, one of them was Mickey Two Thousand, which is like a race car. So the families had to build race cars out of, of vegetables, and then they would and then they would race them down the track. But Mickey would come out, and he would swing his um, his flags, and then they would race them down the tracks. And so I was, I I had to introduce all the different characters. So I'd have to wait to see Mickey's ear come out (laughs) from the side in order to introduce him. That was my cue. And this day it was taking forever. And like the families were all waiting with their vegetable cars. And I was like, (laughs) all right, I'm like, haha, Mickey must be in a little tip with Minnie. Uh, Let me go uh, um, see where he's at. So I went backstage to the zoo because that's where they all got ready. And um, and you're you're not allowed uh, back there unless you're you obviously work there. This Mm -hmm. is where the characters get changed. And the door was a little bit open, so like I, we all know each other and the characters. So I kicked the door open, and Goofy was holding his ears and shaking his head. And I looked down, and Pluto was on his knees (laughs) sucking him off. (laughs) Oh my god! I was traumatized. (laughs) I was like honestly. I, I could not believe what I was just looking at. I just, oh like, God. stopped. I didn't know if they ever had done it on purpose, like, just to get my, like, so, and then I had to go back out and face <laughs> the families and all these kids with their vegetable cars and, like, make up some story about, I mean, just, like, the stories that happened on Disney. So it's, like, yeah. so this was, like, the biggest test for me, Disney, because I I was, like, I was against the rules. Like I, I was still like, even though I was kind of older and stuff like that, I was still like, nah, I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I always kind of found my own way. But Disney, you have to learn a book of rules. You know, it's like, you know, acceptable nail polish, unacceptable, you know, sideburns and like all these kind of things. And, you know, well, I you walked up. sucking somebody off. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's <laughs> surely not in the rule book. Uh, it's yeah. hardly the rule book.
2: No, I know. About, about <laughs> all backstage, no cameras, no nothing. So yeah. it was like, it was really big test. But, after by the second year that I worked for them I became a Jiminy Cricket trainer so, oh. <laughs> so I started as like you know nah I'm not gonna follow the rules and then I became like you know one of their people and um, yeah. and it was it was a really strange thing because it changes you like I'm still just like if I see like Mickey Mouse or I hear like any kind of theme oh. songs I'm just like whoa. it's like <laughs> I'm like
0: my god it, but they must have good, good, like, like they must have got Backstage in Disney places it must be crazy like oh. you must all go absolutely crazy.
2: So like once we all there's an entertainment uh, meeting because Snow White got pregnant and um, <laughs> uh, they had to send her away um, oh and they couldn't find a replacement Snow White in time. so we all had to have a meeting so that in case anyone asked where Snow White is, we all yeah. said the same story. Um, so sort of there like,
0: Where did you say that should go on?
2: Dopey had was got sick, and Doc didn't have the the, <laughs> the, the, the things to look after him. So, uh, so Snow White had to take Dopey to. I mean, it was like a, <laughs> oh it was, was a very a very well thought out story. And there was yeah. a thousand people all in the same room, basically learning the same story in case because people were like grown adults yeah. would come on and be like, "But I only came here for Snow White. Where's yeah. Snow White?"
0: where are they like you must meet some crazy disney fans and...
2: like tattoos like you know des- like diamond brooches like besides like i mean just of, the, of mickey mouse people pay like 20 grand to get married on the ship and they're they're wearing a tuxedo mickey hat mm-hmm. and, a, and a mini veil yeah mm-hmm. like with no one else just them yeah.
0: two It's crazy like, who does this? I know, <laughs> I know.
2: What, what on earth made you leave
1: that
0: family? yeah so then what did you do after Disney
2: <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah that's it. so uh, after Disney I went to Australia for a year and I was like yeah I'm never going to go back to ships whatever but then about a few a few months into uh, Australia because I worked in um, for the 2000 uh, Olympics um, I, I worked at, at uh, the South African clubhouse um, as a host, <laughs> 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 um, we, we sold my way into that job. Um, and then um, Ran out of money, and I was like, "Oh, I could probably get, get a job on ships." And ended up getting like a really good job on um, Princess Cruise Lines because uh, I had the experience from Disney. And I ended up going to all the South uh, South Pacific islands, which is oh, amazing—like Vanuatu, New Caledonia, just amazing, amazing. It was such a—it made like Australia obviously count. So. With that and being able to, you know, have that next experience, I was like, oh, well, not all cruise ships are like Disney, because mm-hmm. I only had one side, and then I got onto Aussie side, they're like, I'm taking I'm taking your shirt, <laughs> Yeah, Okay, this with the guests. I'm like, what? Yeah. I can drink with the guests. They're like, that's your job. And I'm yeah. like, oh, yeah, man. this is awesome. Yeah. So um I had a whole different experience. And I'm like, there must be a happy medium. Um and and then I found Royal, um Royal Caribbean cruise lines. Uh, so after my year with Australia, I went to go uh, work for Royal Caribbean, and that's where I met Mark, who is my partner, uh, mm-hmm. my Scottish man. So <laughs> when you're on cruise ships, you always want to hook up with someone that's got a porthole in their cabin, uh, because <laughs> you, you you it's all about the hole. Um, you always share like a cabin you share a cabin with someone and it's like tiny you know but if you if you, a manager will have their own cabin and a porthole in it so you know that's who you're trying to find so mark was the the photographer manager and uh and that's that's who uh that's who i ended up um finding mm-hmm. as my my true love oh. um Yes, but it was very much a Miss Piggy Kermit the Frog situation for a few years. And so it took me a while, but then I finally uh convinced them that I was the right person. Um, so I left Ships and I went to go uh I went to move to New York because my friend got his play produced there and he was like, Hey, come to New York and I was like, I don't really know if I wanna, you know, live in that city. I never I never had like the New York dream even as an actress, like you know, whatever as a performer. I was like Matt Mm -hmm. like I didn't want to kind of be part of the cesspool um and uh but I you know I thought whatever I'll give it a shot I kind of was a bit done with ships and I you know it was like living in this bubble and I kind of wanted to face the real world and start getting a real job so I went to New York to become an actor (laughs) (laughs) that's a real job (laughs) yeah sure um and I and became a bartender as well um and uh, so I did this play and then I started to uh, audition for stuff and I hooked up with this group called Angry Jello Bubbles, which was an all-female group um, that improvised um, real stories on stage. And it was great and did some off-Broadway stuff and really got to learn a lot about myself through performance um, and then started to use more improv and did a lot of sketch comedy. And that's where I fell into the comedy sort of uh, bit of my career. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then Mark kept coming to visit me in New York, kept coming to visit me. He stayed on ships. Um, and then he like one year by the fourth year I was in New York, he came and he was like, you know, you'd really got to get out of New York. I'm like, why? I'm (laughs) fine. Um, but I was not fine. Um, see New York and me, like, I love New York. Uh, and I, I could have been born there. I totally, I found my place and you know, I could have, you know, I, but I would have, I would have definitely died i would have lived a short life there because you know (laughs) i'm i am like i find a place like that i'm like whoa i really never have to go to sleep this is amazing there was always someone to talk to something to do there's always something going on and i'm like the last person at the party i'm like wait really it's over so um and it was just a bad uh place I think if I went back now and I had, like, children and responsibilities and, like, Mm a career, like, whatever, it wouldn't be the same. But, like, just being there in my 20s was, like, it was amazing and a great party, but it just, it had to end. So
1: um, were you, you in fact, taking um, a lot of drugs and drink and partying hard?
2: Yeah. And it was, like, it got, so I was bartending, but I was also performing, doing, like, I was doing Mm -hmm. Caroline's on Broadway with sketch comedy, and um, we... I remember once, like looking out into to the audience, and like just realizing that everybody in there was like people I had just been partying with the night before. And I was yeah. like, Are I just basically came from there to the stage. I was like, <laughs> I'm like, this isn't a good idea anymore. Yeah, um, uh, I don't remember any of that show. Um, but like, <laughs> I can um, imagine. But it was, you know, yeah, it was a fun time. And uh, but I, but Mark, you know, Strahling suggested that I take a break from it, and uh, I was like, well, what am I going to do in Scotland? And he's like, you should come for the Fringe. It's going to be great. He had just gotten an apartment in Edinburgh, um, with his hard-earned cruise ship money, mm-hmm. and uh, it was like a nice little bachelor pad. And he was like, you should come, come for the Fringe. And so while I was on, while I was uh, thinking about it, debating it, I wrote you guys um a letter i believe because i saw oh how do i how do i volunteer for the fringe and i was like oh there was the gilded balloon i'm like what's the gilded balloon and it looked at that and whatever blah blah. and then it was like oh work at the box office and i was like wow this is perfect yeah exactly <laughs> what i wanted to do um so before that's
1: you so- go before you go on to that i just want to hear how did you manage to keep your relationship going with mark while it was four years you were Partying in, in New York. How did you manage? Were you together? Was I you mean, apart? it was like you know,
2: it was a very much open relationship. You know, yeah. I would go uh, on and visit him on ships, and and he would come visit me in New York. But it was we weren't like like yeah. oh my god, how would we ever be together? You know, we were both kind of just living our lives. But yeah. you know, I, and still, I kept reminding him each time. You know, oh Kermy. Um. <laughs> 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 um, but we, yeah, I think I think I always kind of picture that we, you know we would be living this life together that we yeah. are now. Um, but you know, I couldn't really see past the next sort of uh, lock-in yeah. that we're going to have in Flanagan's um, <laughs> and um, <laughs> um, so. Well, I'm, glad, I'm glad he did pull you out of that. That's yeah, me too. I, yeah. Oh, I'm and so my mom, go. my mom was like, "Mark saved you." <laughs> <laughs> Good for Mark. Yeah, <laughs> They're good for you. <laughs> Thank God for Mark. Yeah, Mark will—he's—he'll always, forever be the savior. So, mm. so he gets that. Yeah. <laughs> um. So. So
0: you so, came yeah. and worked at the Gilded Balloon in the book. So you applied to us, and we gave you the
2: job. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh. Two thousand and six. August two thousand and six. Um, and, uh, Russell Howard, um, was just on the cusp of becoming mm-hmm. very big. Um, yeah. mentioned, big late in life in those days. Exactly. Yeah. Late in life, which was like the best thing I'd seen. I mean, but I got to like, this is me leaving New York. Right. Which was like the city that doesn't sleep coming mm. to Edinburgh for the, after fringe. the fringe, which is yeah. fucking great. I'm like, Oh, this is perfect. You know, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I don't have to stop hurting at all. I'm like, yeah. I love Edinburgh. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so very much uh, Russell Howard and then, um, and to mention I was like, wow, this whole, this whole new thing. Like, I had done a fringe in New York and I'd done a fringe in Montreal, but I'd never seen, you know, the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. And, and this was like, yeah. I had like, Backstage passes to it, which was amazing. Mm-hmm. um And uh and I, you know, obviously like because I was loud and annoying, I was like, yeah, just send her out to fucking flyer for whatever show, <laughs> which I did quite happily. I'm like, oh, I get to go talk to everyone. I don't have to sit in the stupid box office the whole time. So I was like, oh, great. So I was like, great, unleash me to the world of the fringe. And I was like, oh, yeah. okay, God, come see a show. And they're like, who is that? She's selling all these shows. So they're like, here, give her this one, see what she can do. And I was like, okay, yeah. no problem. but love the challenge. <laughs> Um, but I was what's
0: like, your first, "What's your memory of Karen? When did you did you meet her that year?"
2: Yeah, no, I got shown who she was and told <laughs> to be careful. <laughs> her. Oh my god! Sure <laughs> was member, like, she's the head honcho. She's like the big, like you know, you need to be really careful. I do that." And I was just like, "So is that who I speak to if I want to do a show here next year?" They're like, "Yes," and I'm like, yes. "Oh okay. my god!" Blocked it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Um, and you're not
1: scared uh, at all of me at all. No.
2: No, I I I think there was like a couple of like me uh, nights me trying to sneak into um, uh, the, um, the former bar, the library yes. bar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um <laughs> <laughs> I I mean I I, I can't remember all of the, but it's like a couple of times where I have definitely tried to be part of a conversation where I was just sort of ignored or pushed away. Was <laughs> <laughs> that? um, um I was, my God. <laughs> I thought it was funny I thought I think it's it was quite I think you you need to be like that imagine how many thousands of people are doing exactly what I'm yeah. doing like it must be in, like the worst position to be in like oh, come <laughs> yeah. on but, like quick think of an elevator pitch it's kind of <laughs> of <fun. laughs> over many many
0: years it has been like that, that is but great. that was your that became your ambition that fringe that you wanted to bring a show
2: yes uh very much and I did do a show the next year, uh, but it was for it was for sweet um, mm-hmm. in the grass market um, mm-hmm. because obviously I was a, I was a, I was rejected from because
1: um, <laughs> <rejected>. You were <laughs> rejected for being so pushy, I think,
2: <laughs> because I, I showed you. up with a poster.
1: Yeah, <laughs> well, you gave me a, a um, synopsis and everything, and I was not convinced. <laughs> You needed to do a lot more convincing.
2: Yeah, I know. Um, and I tried to get in there to do the convincing, but yeah. I, wasn't buzz- I wasn't buzzed in. I'm like, is this still the Gilded Balloon? Office?
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, there's nobody here. <laughs> yeah. Well,
2: well I, do, we
1: do. I do apologize for that because it, it might have changed your life in a different way.
2: I think you probably did the best thing for me because I, <laughs> but then I went on to do that show at Sweet. And it was like I look back on that show now that I had, you know, uh, uh, at the same time, like during this first year, I got a job working for Tom Kitchen. Uh, oh, in, did you? In, yeah, so that was my first hospitality job in Edinburgh, and they catered my show in Sweet Grass Market. Oh my god! So people people came in, they had, were able to have, um, you know, little kind of tasters of like amazing, unbelievable uh, food. food. Oh my yeah. god. And, but I, when I think back to what that show was and them, all, him and his whole family in there watching me, I'm like, oh, that's so cringy. <laughs> I can't believe I did that. Yeah. Um, like, it's really, I'm, I will never show anyone footage of that, um, that show, but it is, it, I do have it. Um, yeah. But I needed to do that. I needed, I needed to like sit behind the stage and like count how many people weren't in the show and <laughs> realize how much money it cost and, you know, fire yeah. for myself. Write my thing. I need. I had to experience that whole thing, and I'm glad it wasn't for you guys because that would have been a very a much worse outcome than yeah, kind would of what have happened. Well, I think that
1: was that was my thinking. Is she's going <laughs> to have to prove herself first, you know?
2: Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, then, but then I did come back for so you think uh, so you think are funny. Yeah. Um, many a few years later, when I started to get into stand up, and that was because of Kira McAllister. Who so basically I started a sketch group at uh, at the stand. Mm-hmm. um and and very much became part of the stan family mm-hmm. and um and loved you know loved doing sketch comedy uh, even though it wasn't a thing and so really sort of you know I, I found found my way in that respect but then kira was very adamant about me starting um to do stand-up and i was like nah i don't think i'll be uh, like i've always kind of just I, I never felt never had a i never really wanted to do that like because mm. it was being me by myself and being me on stage, and it was yeah. it was I'm like an actor, and I think that's why sketch comedy was always sort of um, you know, and my one woman show where I'm able to like yeah. sort of be all my characters was yeah. more appealing than scary stand up and uh and I did my first five minutes, but I remember that it was like a very much like a monologue, mm mm-hmm. yeah than what it is when what the craft is and I didn't have the craft I'm like I don't want to learn the craft I just want to yeah. do a monologue <laughs> I'm like, I just want to tell a story and Kira's like no one wants to hear your story you're nobody <laughs> yet you need fucking gags I'm like yeah. gags are so ridiculous he's like well make them sound not ridiculous I was like uh and it was so much hard work you know and I I my whole life I went on stage without fear I mm-hmm. was always able to just go on and like you know wing it and do amazingly well and this was like it was soul destroying. it was mm. awful i remember like being behind the door and like waiting for my name to be called and like my heart like was like in yeah. my gut like i was terrified um but because i'm confident and because i have stage presence i yeah. skipped you know i was able to pull it off um i don't still don't think i was you know very good at it but i seem to have gotten my way from my five minutes to my 10 minutes to my 15 minutes and after a few years win like a few little different things and get to know a few different people but i still i didn't enjoy it even at, like yeah. what after the 15 minutes i was like i just so empty i'm like then what then it's like go yeah. to the bar and get drunk oh yeah. like great but you didn't
0: and have that like, with sketch comedy with sketch no comedy, because you're, you that. you're like a group
2: you know and you're yeah. like finished and you're like and oh, feeding off yeah, yeah. each other yeah exactly yeah. yeah um but i i mean i, I think that that's what you know, that, and then I started to get into documentaries. Uh, so I went back after this, um, you know, I thought, Oh, I know what I want to do. I want to make documentaries, another career. Um, <laughs> and went back to uni here. I went to Napier, um, oh, okay. did two years of film and television. Um, and then won like all the university awards. Cause of course, like, oh, who's this? And I was like, <laughs> Oh, I can do it. Yeah. Um, and I can, but I went in to learn production. That's what I wanted to yeah. do. But because, I was good on camera that's what i everybody was yeah. like, oh but lara could just do it lara could just do and i had like good contacts and whatever of course because i'm older than everyone else and so i just ended up not doing anything that i wanted to do not learn anything but just do like university style yeah productions um mm-hmm. but that led me to stv edinburgh um and um so I had a placement with them mm-hmm. and when I just started and doing all those things but then i also this was in like my second year of the of the uni program, but I became uh pregnant with my second uh daughter um and they didn't quite like the idea of me um Wanting to work there yeah. and be pregnant and like I was like, why? God, I really? Yeah, yeah. It turned out to be a really weird situation, actually. Mm-hmm. And what, it ended, this? this was 2015. Oh, God, yes, I'm not that
0: long ago. Really. 2016,
2: 2016. Sorry. Um, yeah, it it really I, it gave me a really good um, view into the television world, and mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't like it um at all yeah. so I'm glad that that happened mm-hmm. um comedy theater much more my scene more my people um like I could be the television person I was like yeah I'll be the runner I'll be the runner you know I'll do it and they're like mm-hmm. yeah you're too confident I'm like really but I'm what? like I'll do like I'm gonna do the best job like I'm gonna make this happen like, I'll, yeah. I'll be a really good researcher I'll do it like that. and they're like yeah no your weights like and that's that's the feedback I got was that I was too confident
0: which mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I haven't yeah.
2: heard anything so ridiculous in all my life. Yeah, i mad. Yeah, I mean, um, confidence is what it's all about. <clears> it? Well, that's in a North American kind of way. Yeah. But that's but you what had
1: started Ross Bagels before 2016, surely. So no. August
2: 2017 is when we opened up Ross Bagels. Wow. So oh my God, it's really grown fast. Yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: how, and how did that idea come about when? All you wanted to do was act.
2: I know. So that, so the documentary thing, TV didn't work out, but university really thought that what I was doing was great, and they wanted to promote my comedy and documentary style of things. So mm-hmm. they suggested that I apply for a fully funded PhD. Um, wow. Now, most of most people that do apply for these things, uh, you know, spend years. Yeah. Uh, on their application so I, I you know I devoted a good three months to putting this all together and the mm-hmm. and the research behind it and you know trying to come up with you know uh, w- with an idea and, and how it would work and it was like women in comedy and it was very much because um, I just finished doing a documentary with Lynn Ruth Miller who is uh, Grand Slam that's the fringe show that we did together you know the 83 mm-hmm. year old stripper you know who I'm talking about? Yes. A yeah. girl that could very well be the woman that could very well be my grandmother. And so yeah. we're playing off of that. We did a documentary or whatever. So anyways, this, they, they really liked this. And I was with the um, Documentary Institute and went to go apply for this PhD thing. They asked me to prepare a five minute presentation on the idea. I hear five minute presentation. I think it's a five minute presentation. <laughs> so I had this whole thing prepared with like music and like, you know, a, like a, a costume thing, you know, and everything I was gonna basically bring them this, uh, I was just gonna convince them obviously that, that, that this, this is the direction they need to go into. So I go into this room and it's all seated. There's a boardroom of, of, of academics uh, mm-hmm. with their laptops open sitting around a big table. And I was like, oh, I was like, all right. So I'm gonna sit down in this chair and. Just I guess I can make this work like where <laughs> stand. where's my stage um, and then uh, they're like hey we're gonna start by asking you some questions I was like oh questions first that's weird um but I slowly started like after the second question and I was like really finding the questions very difficult to answer um but we got to my research uh <laughs> skill um that I realized that they didn't want a five-minute presentation. They just wanted me to have five minutes of prepared material to talk about. Uh, and it went really badly in there. And I got, like, I've never been rejected like this. Even worse than you, Karen. Um, <laughs> your rejection. Uh, before in my life, it was a very, very big no and a very obvious no. And mm-hmm. six weeks later, we opened up Ross, Ross Bagels. But, but um, can I just go back a little bit? You
1: had a young child at the time. Well, you yeah, had two young, quite young children. Yes. I mean, if you had a baby in 2016.
2: Yeah, I had a baby 2011 and 2015. Right. Yeah.
1: So the the youngest was one. Yeah. One yes. them.
2: What did you have childcare or something? Well, you... Mark and I were Mark and I have been or have always you know we've always been self employed and we've always sort of shared um things over so like kind of the luxury of mark not only only having to work in Excuse me. at events and um and mm-hmm. weddings and uh certain shoots but you know it was very much like if, if i were to get the this fully funded phd that would advance my career as well mm-hmm. um so uh on the day that i went they were with my children were with mark mm-hmm. um and uh and then it was quick, I quickly had to think of a plan, because- and Did you, had you already, was
0: Bros Bagos your plan B to the PhD or- No, you, never. You hadn't even thought about it?
2: No. I had, it had to think quick. of something quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, had no, I, had no, I didn't want to go back to like stand up, because mm-hmm. that wasn't, I mean, it was, I didn't enjoy it. And I, was, I didn't see that going anywhere really. Um, uh, you know, documentaries was, I was just like, it's just so difficult to try and make that into a living. Yeah. Um, theater was an existent for me. And like, so I was just like, wow, like I, this is the first time that I really was first I wasn't looking forward to anything, wasn't excited about anything. This was, this was supposed to happen. This was, and I didn't understand why it didn't happen because I'm like, yeah. this has to happen. So I was like, I was like, I didn't know where to turn Did that. And I was just like, okay, well, you know, we've always wanted to open up a cafe. Um, You know and I needed I was like maybe we could just have like a little cafe or something well well like the kids are like you know we could have rock and uh, nursery and 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 Billy's in in school so something from nine to three while the kids are in school and 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 you know help Mark pay the mortgage and that's that's what it was that's what it was was Mark Mark, was Mark still on cruise ships no 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 he's he came back uh, two years after uh, I was in Scotland Mm -hmm.
1: right Um, and what
2: did he do then he's a photographer Right. Brilliant. Right. Got that. Thank you. (laughs) Continue. (laughs) Um, So, uh, so yeah, that was it. Then it was like, well, what kind, you know, where where could we go? And I'm like, you know, very much stick to Portobello. That's the community I had. a Oh yeah. During this whole time, I forgot to mention about the theater, uh, the drama school I had. So I had a, I taught kids (laughs) drama for 10 years um, in Portobello. In what? part time, presumably <laughs> Yeah, so it was on uh, the week but every year we brought a show to the fringe. Oh, lovely. Yeah, it was really nice, and, and I, I'm, some of them st- some of them work for me now,
0: Yeah, really. Oh, oh, yeah, I and mean, that, that was in Portobello, sorry.
2: The, in Portobello, yeah, right. so it was Port Porte Youth theater, um, and I had had that for 10 years, um, and now Shauna McDonald has it. Uh, my friend, oh. the actress that uh, that's also lives in Portobello, um, and she took that on. anyways. Uh, so I wanted to start, do something in Portobello because it's in, you know, where we lived and it's part of the community. And I knew, it. and then it's like, Oh, what about, th- I don't know why it just came up. Like, just like the bagels isn't a thing here. You know, mm. maybe we should, maybe we should make it into a bagel thing. And Mark said, yeah, he rarely agrees with my crazy <laughs> ideas. Yeah. Um, and he was like, yeah, let's go for it. And I'm like, all right. Okay. And then I just went out and found this place on the high street. I was like, oh, that's a tiny little shop that, I mean, that's been up for, on the market for quite some time. I was like, oh, that could work. And it, I was like, I just need to find somewhere to bake the bagels. And originally I thought oh, I'll bake them in my garden and I'll get a little wood-fired stove <laughs> And I had this really romantic vision of me making the bagels at four o'clock in the morning. And then, you know, and then taking you know, before even the girls got up and then taking the bagels into the shop and then opening up and serving some coffees and filling Mm -hmm. some bagel sandwiches. And then like about like two weeks after I was so convinced that this was the plan two weeks later I like woke up I was like oh my god I so can't do that That's a terrible <laughs> idea why didn't you tell me and Mark said like, you can't tell you anything yeah <laughs> <laughs> so i was like we need bakers we need to find a bakery quick so we started on the on the hunt and then i went to go and i found Breadshare bakery because they really like their ethos of organic and part of the community and um the social enterprise and so i went to go approach them and they're like right okay some maybe but you know we need to like we uh we need this we need that and how we need to taste and i really needed them to try the montreal bagels because there was nothing like that here. I mean, you can't, even the bagels, in the, I mean, the bagels supermarket are terrible, but yeah. even the ones that like elephant bagels that everyone was like, yeah, you mm-hmm. need to go there to get your bagels. It's it terrible. So um, I got my mom to FedEx me. but She's like, what are you crazy? I'm not FedExing you bagels. That's like $100. I, like, <laughs> I was like, I beg you, can you, can you do it? So she, she, um, she sent me two bagels from my favorite bagel shop at all. <laughs> Uh, and uh, I brought them, I got them the next day, brought them to the bakers, toasted them, watched them eat the bagels in front of me. And I was like, oh my God. Um, and they got a lot from that, you know, the taste and, and how, the, how dense it was. And um, so, and then we had to try through trial and error, try and make this recipe that I had for the bunch of bagels work in an organic way at that mm-hmm. time. Um, so it was back and forth and trial and error. And then finally we got to something that, you know, basically on like not, Literally two days before we opened the shop, where I was happy with the product, I took all the bagels and all the fillings that I wanted to do for the bagels to Tom Kitchen with all this thing. And I was like, please, can you try all these bagels? And he was just like, um, he's like uh, he thought they were all great. And he was like, I'm sure it'll be, you know, set, he totally backed the idea and sent me a few contacts for suppliers. Okay. And then we opened up the shop. I honestly thought I was going to make like a few coffees and sell some bagels and help Mark pay the mortgage like uh, uh, nine to three, the queue was down the block, like expats because we had mm-hmm. a good publicity. We had yeah. good branding. We had a good story, yeah. Mark's pictures, my enthusiasm, everyone I knew was coming to the, the press launch of <laughs> like broth bagels. So like, what is this? It's yeah. a tiny little shop on Bell high street, but there's like a, a massive press launch for, for like, I'm yes. like, yes, you're coming in I'm like like, here's some bagels and it's like more about the story and the show than Mm -hmm. anything else and I think that you know it just came at a really good time it was something interesting something different you know really catchy branding a lot of things and and because of you know my my connection with the performance world and the comedy and like everyone that I knew it quickly spread around yeah and then we started doing these videos and 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 I think it just, it, it, it's just, it caught on
1: really yeah. well. You, you I, did a, it with no capital, no, I mean, you started it with nothing. Yeah. Yeah, that's it, amazing. It's amazing. It's just yeah. amazing. It's, and, I, and I still am trying to understand these bakers that made the bagels. How did you, surely they had to make bread to sell to, you know, how did they give you that time? I mean,
2: that is... So... I, well, exactly. They initially thought it was going to be a very, you know, like a, just a few bagels. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it quickly turned into thousands. Um, so I think that's mm-hmm. when that's when we opened up Leith. And that's when Leith started because we wanted the bakery to be part of the show. Um, mm-hmm. But I'd never imagined it getting to this level either. Um, mm-hmm. Now, I must say that we have just... Um, sort of cut ties with uh breadshare recently uh, and we're now baking our own bagels so the business has taken on a um a, a turn i am feeling really great about i was feeling really great about the business before. um the, the yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah um, everything was going really well for us we just you know just got a handle of it now fully in control of mm-hmm. every aspect of the business um really your bakery now uh, so at the mo- so we were we went from the bakery and leaf to yeah. borrowing the bakery to Nice Times Bakery, um, okay. which is a friend of ours, uh, Love Crumbs, who basically lent us her bakery in the nighttime. So yeah. I had bakers that we basically were doing a night shift for a oh, couple of yeah. months. Mm-hmm. Um, and but now we have um, we have a temporary bakery in Swanfield Industrial Estate okay. uh, in Lee. Mm-hmm. um and soon well it's on hold but we have um the um R- the old RBS building in portobello which is across the street from our original Correa. shop yeah. which is going to be uh, and the, the bakery that we've kind of wanted to have all along yeah are which, you like,
1: this this time of um coronavirus is it the, the holding period how how long can you hold for is so
2: Luckily, you know, I came up with Ross Deli. Mm-hmm. Um, so I at first I was like, "There's nothing we can do. That's it, done. I mean, we're 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 through." Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and it was it was more like about me trying to think of like the staff and 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 making sure they were safe because at the start we was like we didn't know we didn't know yeah. anything and everything was changing so fast. Yeah. Um, and I went for a run and I was like, "It." I just I. I just thought like, if I can get, if I can deliver, you know, what, but not the filled bagels that we do, because that is, you know, it takes a lot of staff and a lot of, of prep and whatever, but if I can deliver the prep aspect of it and have mm-hmm. it as the deli um, and, and the freshly baked bagels, because that's the important part It's like, I want, we, people still need bread. People still need freshly baked things. People still have to eat. So if I can kind of create this sort of grocery store aspect of this freshly baked bagels um, that people can then slice and freeze as well as, you know, filling their fridges with, with, with deli, then, you know, why, why can this work? So totally risked it and, and, and went off on limb and, and tried it. And it just like we sold, like our website crashed. So like in Mm -hmm. under an hour, we had 12,000 hits on our, on our website and it Mm -hmm. crashed. And I was like, right this is another one of those ideas that seem to have worked really well. Um, And we had, you know, it's, it's amazing what's happened. And it's amazing the way that I've adapted um, Mm -hmm. to, to suit this specifically, you know, this virus, because this is going to carry us through. This Mm -hmm. is, if we continue just doing what we're doing, I don't have to grow anymore. I have Mm -hmm. eight staff working for us. Um, I have, you know, uh, we're working out of one shop and you know, and our bakers and, Everybody is safe and everybody that is working wants to work and wants to be a part of this. Yeah. And so it is working for us. And this will see us through. This mm-hmm. will allow for my 39 employees that are in furlough mm-hmm. to continue to, re- will, I'll be able to do the first payment to them and then get the HMRC um, yeah. payment scheme plan. And that will, that, that will carry that through. But then it will also give me just what I need so that when we're, we are able to open our doors, I won't go bankrupt in a couple of months afterwards. Yeah.
1: Yes. And well done.
2: Congratulations,
1: oh, no. Lara. That is so well done. I yes. mean, maybe, maybe luck's got something to do with it, but it's not just luck, it's your, yeah. your foresight. And that's brilliant. Oh, yeah. Well done.
2: Um, it was really, really terrifying because everything was doing, it was so going so well for was and like, you know, we, every, there was so much momentum behind it and there's, you know, everything mm-hmm. that was amazing was happening for it. And then something completely out of my control happens. And, yeah. you know, it's just like, okay, well, adapt or die. It's a survival yeah. mode. Yeah, and exactly. and I know a lot of people are adapting, but, uh, you know, it's not as easy for, for, for everyone else either because this is a product that, you know, that can continue, that people still want and still want to have, and we're able to facilitate it. But also, you know, I need something for 39 employees to come back to after this. Mm, yeah, exactly. That's Absolutely. five shops. you know, yeah. that's... Yes yeah it's a lot a lot of rent holidays and it is you know it's all these direct debits and like as soon as it happened everyone's like cancel your direct debits. cash is key cash is key and everyone's like freaking out like what is this and it's completely new territory and i did not sign up for all the paperwork that i am still doing you know it's not it's not easy to just get uh the hmrc payment scheme you know it's not it's not, or get bank loans or to. Do and there's the no
0: loans. nobody telling like there's no explanation for everything as well like nobody's kind of guiding like they're just giving out schemes and then saying figure it out yourself
2: yeah here's the guidance once again that's been yeah. changed once again <laughs> um you know and it's yeah. all these new updates and everything like that and then it's like look another law, you know keep going keep going but i mean just i mean i'm working with you know a lot of people that I mean, you guys as well. But the, some of the people that I, I that we employ are also—they've got street food stalls and things like that. You know, some of our mm. chefs and like that. They're fringe dependent. Yeah, you know yeah. But that's that's their whole that's their year. And yeah. like you know, businesses like like yours as well. It's just like you you live and work in Edinburgh because because yeah. of the fringe. Yeah. yeah,
0: exactly. Exactly. So it's a terrifying time, but we're not going to go into that. The first three episodes yeah. of this this series were about. Uh, the, how terrifying it is! So, my question, my we'll wrap it up. But yeah. what's your so ignore not ignoring, but despite the COVID crisis, what's your aspirations for the bross brand?
2: So, um think
0: that far ahead at the moment. No,
2: I'm, I'm I think every day is Friday. I don't know what's been going on, but I'm just like I'm like no because it's Friday, and everyone's like no, Lara, it's Tuesday. I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah. right. um, I, I can't think. I all I can hope for is that you know, I know we're, we I know we could see this thing through with what we're doing right now, but mm. I hope that, you know, we basically are able to open up the shops, go back to normal, if not even have even more people that uh, recognize the band because they've maybe had some deli delivered during, you know, the COVID crisis. Mm. Um, but I also, now things have changed a little bit. And um, I think that there's room in, you know, when things go back to normal, there's room for uh, a deli. A deli that's open to, to customers uh with you know this jewish deli that we've we've not seen here yeah. you know that's huge in new york and huge in montreal and it's very much the brand that we have and what i thought originally what it was going to be people mm-hmm. you know coming up and be like yeah a quarter pound of this blah, blah, blah. and and i think that that this could this could work so maybe yeah. i've just discovered a whole new part of the business yeah. um that wouldn't have otherwise been discovered.
1: Of course, yeah. yeah. Well, I I can't wait to see that. We well, applaud you. We, we applaud you. Be, <laughs> we applaud you. We'll be, we'll be in there shopping. I could tell you. Yeah,
0: definitely. Um, so you're
2: apl- you're applauding my performance. <laughs> oh
0: God! <laughs> no, 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 no. Yes, of yes, course
2: yes, I am. I'm sure that true. is brass. We are
0: applauding.
1: Yeah. I think we would like to know. Uh, we asked about your mum. Has your mum been over to see what you've done and?
2: Yes, it's uh, very proud. She's very proud. <laughs> Who would have thought? <laughs> <laughs> Lara, the bagel lady. I mean, she shares every article. She's very, very excited for everything that we've done. Super proud, and even now, even the things that we're doing during the crisis, like you know, she's uh, the she's very supportive and um, and very proud, and uh, and it's nice. It's a nice feeling, you know, to yeah. make her proud instead of making her i <laughs> <Driving> um, <insane.
1: laughs> I'm going to find out all the bad things you did as a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> One glass of wine, we're going oh, to we'll find out. But, so, what is your life lessons from your mum then, and what will you carry on to your little girls?
2: Yeah. What do you want to pass down to your kids? Um, I, I definitely think just you know the bond and the create the, the 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 closest that we have together. You know uh, and You know, she always said, if you tell me the truth, I'm not going to get mad. (laughs) I mean, I didn't listen to it, but that's exactly what I tell my older daughter now. You know, just Mm -hmm. tell me the truth. I'm not going to get mad. And if we just keep an honest relationship, um, I think I've learned that part of it. And so I might, she might, she might've tried to, to, to give me that. And I didn't listen at the time, but that is something that I want to, um, to pass down to you know to yeah. my girls um and definitely obviously the eating and the noshing and the and the maybe not the deciding what's for dinner at eight o'clock in the morning um <laughs> but um but you know keep the communication open and honest and um and 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 always you know always be positive and uh and and get the business done yeah you know, use, yeah use my voice yeah. and use my power
0: yeah fabulous okay. Thank and you all so your much, advertising
1: Mama. and everything, all that is uh, even the,
2: the whole business,
1: honestly. <laughs> the whole business. <laughs> Such a prude, it's ridiculous to be, <laughs> and be so prudish. I <laughs> but and I think, I think you've done brilliantly. Well done.
0: It's been enjoy it. to talk to. Thank, Thank you um, so much, guys. Mama said there'll be days like this, there'll be days.